Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 527 of the JV Club. Not a boy of summer. I am taking a little mini break just to insert in this episode with Carolyn Kendrick for two reasons. One, I was so excited to podcast with her and it took us so long to be in the same place in a schedule type manner that allowed us to do that conversation that I just didn't want to sit on it for months. And also because as it happened, as it turned out, because of scheduling conflicts, I didn't have a boy of summer in the can this week. So it seemed like it was all meant to be. And this was the perfect opportunity for me to drop uh, Carolyn into the feed because she's so wonderful, works on some of the world's favorite podcasts, is a fantastic musician. You will hear more about all of that and much, much more in this episode. So give it a listen and I will talk to you next week. I haven't seen your face in a million of them. I know. It's so good to see you. Hello. Hello. We, uh, for those of you who don't know, which you all know, because I will have said this, I'm sure, in my intro, but um, Carolyn and I met on the Joko Cruise, which for a little while felt like it had just, ha- like it felt like it had just happened for a, a good while. And now suddenly slipped into, it feels like it was a million years ago and there was no in between. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was like there was this switch where it was like, oh, the Joko Cruise. I was just there last week. And then now it was like the Joko Cruise. Right. I did that a bazillion years ago. Yeah. And I guess for both of us, we've done a fair bit of traveling in between. So maybe that kind of had that thing where it sort of starts to not certainly not erase experiences, but to sort of change the perception on, you know, like time passing suddenly. It already has no meaning post COVID, but. It, totally. Well, this is really the first time we've been trying to schedule this for forever. And yeah. I'm so glad we I'm so glad we st- tried to schedule it like right after the cruise ended. And this is the first time that we've been able to do it. So thank you yeah. so much for your patience in that endeavor. First no, of all, it's it's it, 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 there's no it's not like one of us was more patient with the other. We both had um, crazy lives. And if anything, you may have been more patient with me. But I will say uh the, hilariously, I'm technically in my boys of summer at this point, but I was like, oh, I'm definitely not. Like, I'm not going to push this till the end of summer. I want to see this girl. And Aww. so it's happening and it's exciting. It's a, it's for me, it's a fun treat because I'm stuck with a bunch of dudes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, yeah, but this is the first time that I've, I think, ma- are you in Los Angeles right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm also in Los Angeles right now, though we are not in the same place. I am in a closet and you are in a room in different parts of the city. But this is the first time I've really been like in California for an extended amount of time post cruise, which might be why I'm feeling like, like, oh, okay, now I'm finally realizing like, oh, like time has actually passed since the last few months. How were all of your travels? You were on tour with uh, Alex and and Sarah shows and stuff. Was that? Yes. And your show? Mm -hmm. It's been great. It's been very busy. For those of us who are just meeting for the first time, I am a musician and a podcast producer, and I work for the shows You're Wrong About and also for You Are Good and also a secret third thing that I can't tell you about yet. And so we were on tour with You're Wrong About for most of the spring. So uh, we started like basically around, what's that holiday in February? Um the lovers one. Valentine's. Oh, Valentine's. 
the lover's one. <laughs> Please, let's call it Lover's Day. Lover's Day. I kind of like that yeah, better. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So we started around Valentine's Day, and then we wrapped up in mid-May, and then I've been kind of coming down ever since then. And it's been really great. Yeah, we were like on the East Coast a ton. We were in the Midwest. We were bouncing all over. So it was really fun. Well, I hope that you I, I did that thing where I was like, obviously, we know you were on tour with it because it's yours. But then I said Sarah and Alex to put it in context. And then it made it totally. sound like you were tagging along, which I want to make sure that is categorically the opposite of what I meant. Oh, no. I, well, I didn't take it like that. Having, so. having, having seen you in shows, having heard you on the podcast, and like <laughs> also knowing you to be a musician, that would be a weird thing for me to overlook. Yeah. But uh, well, I'm glad that they went well. That's really exciting. I yeah, I love a live show. But yeah, I, I there is a point at which I've been doing a bunch of cons and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, I think like, it's almost when I'm home that I feel it's almost like I feel tired for the past. Like totally, you know totally. what I mean? Like I like while it's all happening, I'm like I think I'm good. Like this is an adventure, and this is actually yeah. there's all these special memories that you're making and your brain feels like time is moving slowly because it's processing new things. And and then mm -hmm. when you stop and sit still for a moment at home is when I'm like, I'm exhausted for her. Like it's- a Oh yeah, person. she's ambitious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I wanna hear how the last few months have, have been for you, but I totally I totally resonate with that. Like it's gotta be an adrenaline thing, like, right? Like yeah, you're, you're, you're right. going, you're going and you're seeing people and you're, at least for me, like I feel like I'm, very extroverted when I'm around people and then very introverted when I'm at home. And I actually find it, yes. I find it so hard to be home sometimes because like that's when I want to be seeing, you know, friends that I know well and I want to be like interfacing with my community and things like that. But I also feel like I just got hit by a truck. So, yes, yes. you know, a hundred percent, a hundred. I don't know what the happy medium there is. I, I, I mean, I, th I feel like that's been a joke on Joko Cruises uh, of yore as well, which is like, hey, we live in the same city, but we're finally hanging out here on Joko because right. we're at home. We're in a cocoon that somehow we've made for ourselves, but feel trapped by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a thing. So how have how have you been over the last few months? <laughs> how have the cons been going? Uh, that has all been very fun. Um, I think the most um, the most like interesting personal kind of like made time to do things other than be at the con. Um, well, a little bit of that in Atlanta, but we got to. But when I did this con in Pennsylvania. We ended up driving from there to D.C. and then taking the train from D.C. to New York. Um, oh, but on the way in Pennsylvania from Altoona, yes, Altoona, mm. to D.C., we spent a night in the Mill Run area and went to Frank mm. Lloyd Wright's Falling Water, which is <gasps> you know, this house that is built on the waterfall. I feel like yeah. half, the, half the people are like, why, do I know, why would I know what that is and why should I give a fuck? And then the other half are like, <laughs> I fully know what that is and that's cool. And yes. either answer is fine. But um, but that was really there was that was really special. I don't know why. I mean, it just was very special. I'm not like a giant architecture buff, but I definitely enjoy architecture. And oh yeah, um, I think when you're in LA, like even if you just have a friend who likes Frank Lloyd Wright, you sort of end up accidentally becoming familiar with a lot of Frank Lloyd Wright that's in the the this area. And then also from being from Arizona, there's a lot of oh sure presence there too. So it felt like 
it was one of those like, hey, I feel like maybe that really famous Frank Lloyd Wright house is somewhere kind of in this general area that we are that I may never be again. And so totally. we ended up kind of planning a day, you know, planning part of the trip around it. Um, and it was it was it's pretty special. Yeah, pretty special. Well, I recommend well, it. I would love to go see that. I I'm I don't really know a ton about architecture, but I am like. I'm a real Zillow girl. Like I yeah, spend my same. entire life on Redfin and Zillow and like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like one of my, like I probably have seen every mid-century house that's for sale in the greater LA area. Yes. Like over the last like four to five years. So, uh, you know, I don't know a ton about like the the history of each individual architect, but like I am, yeah, I'm also a big AD girly. So, oh, yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, you might be doing it exactly the right way because, you know, dig any deeper into any famous male from, oh, right. the you know, the turn of the last century into the 50s. And like, there's probably going to be some like horrible skeletons, some horrible chauvinist skeletons in there. Totally. Closet. You're like, I actually don't need to turn over this mountain yeah. and see all of the cockroaches today. I can just enjoy this yeah. big plate glass window. Um, <laughs> there might be a handful of cockroaches in Frank Lloyd Wright's from 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 what I know about him. Um, oh yeah, but, uh, mm -hmm. some some beautiful architecture. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Wait, where did you where did you grow up? Like, where were you a teenager? Yeah, so I was. It's funny. I was listening to your episode with um, uh, unspooled host Amy. Oh sure. What? Sorry. Why? Why can't I remember her last name right now? Uh, don't um, make me do it, even though I fully know one hundred. Yeah, Amy. It starts with an S. Anyways, um, I don't know why I'm, I keep thinking Amy Schumer. That's obviously not it. But I was listening to your episode with her, and uh, you were talking about being from uh, or from Brandon being uh, from oh, yeah. from Texas, and yeah. he's from like the greater San Antonio area, and that's how he and I kind of bonded a little bit on the Joko cruise. Oh God, that's right, that's right. That's funny because I think I, in my mind, forgot and assigned that to Amy Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Nicholson, Amy Nicholson, yes. Because it's pretty rare that we meet people from San Antonio. And so to have like two like rad women in podcasting <laughs> um, almost back to back in my life was felt like really extraordinary. Like, hello, hold on. <laughs> What's happening, San Antone? I know. So, so yeah. So basically the way that my life was set up uh, until I was, until I was like uh, well into my teens was... So my greater f my family, my extended family is all from Central Texas, that kind of that area, um, and also from Lubbock. And um, but my parents teach in Northern California, and so I spent a lot of my childhood like kind of going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And um, yeah, so I spent a ton of time in Seguin and in Central Texas, and then also in Stockton, California which is where my parents and my brother live now. Um, and so, yeah, I felt very connected to like both of those places. I felt very like very much like those. I, I felt very comfortable saying that those were both sort of my homes. But as I've grown into adulthood, a lot of my family that does live in central Texas has either passed or has gotten like m mucho conservative. And so I'm not very connected with that that family anymore and it's actually kind of it's been kind of a hard thing actually because I feel like less and less from there because mm. it's like my people that I like actually was connected to I'm not really connected to those people so I don't really get to go there very often anymore sure 
Um, so now when people ask, I generally say like I'm, I'm from Northern California, though I do still feel very connected to Central Texas, but it's like kind of a long explainer to do. Yes, I totally <laughs> get that. It's a yeah. long explainer to even have to explain that you did have these experiences in places that are pretty disparate and, and yeah. not particularly close to each other. So it's kind of disparate culturally as well um, as being far apart. But did you... But that's one of the things that comes up on the podcast a lot is this idea of our realities being our realities and as especially young people just really not having not being afforded the perspective to mm. see what's unique or different about where you are because mm. you mm -hmm. understand it as like the status quo. So if you are splitting right. your time between two vastly different places, I mean vastly, I'm sure I'm sure any of my like European or South American friends would be like, "Oh, really? Like, are they that vastly oh, different?" Really? <laughs> vastly what a word <laughs> conditionally american vastly different mm -hmm. um yeah. did you do you feel like you you did have that experience where you really were kind of like hyper aware or at least a little aware of how different places kind of inform you know the way people live their lives or like what people are into or not into or how they feel about politics and stuff Oh, totally. Yeah. And I mean, I come from a band family, like a marching band family, which is like a, a hilarious way. It's just kind of it's just a funny world. Um, and so like my my life in Texas was like very centered around band. And I would like go to, you know, summer camp, summer band camps and that, that kind of whole thing, which does tend to be a little bit more like like without even really going into like social politics, it is just all about like uniformity and like getting super sharp and like the, these kind of, you know, being part of this like larger marching outfit, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And um, and like that's just like not the case really in Northern California. And it's just like a totally different like vibe and flow. And if I, you want to like, say they march to the beat of their own drum, I can't <laughs> think of a time where it would be more appropriate for you to bust that out. Right. Yeah. In Texas, they march to one drum. And then. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, there, I think from the beginning and also like with, you know, internally in my family's politics, there is like a lot of animosity, I would say, towards my parents for deciding to live in California and so that was always very um I don't know that that definitely informed my my worldview a little bit so you know we got to drill down into this a little bit deeper when yeah. you say a marching band family you sure yeah like how much time are you as a family unit marching and playing <laughs> together as a band um well so I I never marched with my extended family However, here's here's what I mean by a marching band family. So my grandparents met in marching band. They were in the Florida Amazing. State University marching band together. And um, then my grandfather went on to be the band director at Texas Tech University. Um, and he taught he taught band. And then my mom and my aunt and my like literally my mom and all of her siblings, as well as my dad, they all marched at Texas Tech. And my dad was in um, my dad was in marching band in Central Texas as well, and so now my aunt is like one of the preeminent marching band composers of the world, and like wow. it's like that's that's the kind of thing. And you know now I have cousins that are like going to school for, you know, teaching band and things like that. And my mom is a music ed professor, so 
So that's what I mean. Like we weren't necessarily yeah. war- like me and my, you know, whatever. I wasn't like marching with my parents, but like I would be quizzed on like, you know, whatever symphonic music and stuff like that by my sure. grandparents. So, uh, okay. Well, I, I want to reassure you that I, I, it's not that I necessarily imagined you doing it, but it would have been okay with me if you'd been like, you know, the Partridge family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we would be, we would be ushered into various small town main, main street parades and right. our family yeah. would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a specific um, vocation. Like it's a specific legacy, right? It's not, yeah. it's not, it, it, I'm sure you get questions from people like, you know, from from people who are like, "Why well, come from a family of doctors? Does it feel yeah, similar? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. is the mm-hmm. pressure similar, or you know, or is it just like, do you and do you feel like because you were a musician, um, do you feel like you sort of strayed from like the sort of format and approach um, from the marching band side of things to like be you know a singer songwriter and a composer yeah. in that regard and stuff like because that's mm-hmm. a fun. Again, this is all like putting it into like a Wes Andersonian lens, <laughs> right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, how crazy to be the black sheep of the of marching, the marching band, band family. extended family <laughs> by like yeah. being a wonderful musician who's not marching. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's so funny. I had never really thought about about it in that particular way, but you're totally right. Um, yeah. So my my dad is also a jazz drummer, so that was also like, and he he kind of married into the marching band side of the family. <laughs> so for, so he was kind of the black sheep at first. And eventually my grandparents were like, you know, okay, well maybe we could have a jazz musician in the family. Maybe that might be okay. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I, I did go to, I went to high school in California. And so um, like, but I also, my first instrument was like, I was, I was in drumline. That was like what I played in, in marching band, but I also played violin. That was kind of a big thing in my life. And, and now like I'm more into the fiddle world. Um, but yeah, I just like never quite totally felt r- right in, I don't even know. This sounds like maybe a little bit more emotional than it was, but like, like I always felt so connected to music and like I always felt like music is my thing I love music I love like the narrative part of it I love how you get to connect with people I love how people improvise together that's what I really connected with first and foremost and that's just like not there's no improvising in marching band that's just not not a thing and there's also no improvising in orchestral music at least at that point in time and so I it took me like forever to find a way to get into these other avenues of music that I really enjoyed. And I, I ended up going to um, school in Boston for college. I ended up going to Berkeley and that's kind of where I was like, okay, like I don't have to be quite in this mold. I'm gonna like try out a bunch of different stuff and get into it. But it did, t- it did take a long time because I was like, I don't know, it just never quite like felt right. Hmm. You know? So yeah, so when you were in high school, um... Had you had you started fiddling by then? I was in a bunch of like r- kind of random like reggae bands, um, and that was that was really fun. And I would like do backup singing, and like I would like kind of. I, I actually like found a recording of myself playing recently, and I was like, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, where I would like improvise on on the violin slash just for anybody who doesn't know the difference between a violin and a fiddle the only difference is that you can spill spill beer on a fiddle so (laughs) um (laughs) so 
yeah, I like I I like wanted to be in bands. That was the thing that I wanted to do. And so I would just be in any band that would have me. And I just kind of would try stuff out and like kind of timidly at first and then eventually kind of got into it. And it wasn't until I got into college that I was like, oh, there's this big wide world of bluegrass and old time and country music. And so that's that's eventually how I got into that. What does it look like when you're in because I'm trying to think. Like, did I, first of all, do I remember knowing anyone who was in an outside of school band in high school? And I feel mm-hmm. like the answer has got to be yes. And yet I can come up with exactly no one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, too, like, well, OK, so Northern California, did you say exactly where? Like, where where were you going? Where were you going to high school, for example? I went to Lincoln High School in Stockton, California. In Stockton. OK, mm-hmm. um, so you're in Stockton in high school. Like, how are you when you say that you would sort of you know, uh, make yourself available as a as a musician or a singer for any band that would have you. Mm-hmm. How does that information? I mean, this is getting like I'm really in the weeds on this, <laughs> but it's just a, it's just some, so charming to imagine you being like, you know, hey guys, like I heard you guys are playing music. Like I would love to. You know what I mean? Like what is? Yeah. Were they were they friends already? Were they friends of friends? Like how are you finding out about various bands? And how are you? You know, because it's scary mm-hmm. when you're younger too. To oh, yeah. kind of do that, to sort of say, like, hey, give me a try. Like, you know, can I yeah. audition for you or, like, can I come jam with you or whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. That feels like kind of a bold, cool thing to be doing when you're in high school. It's me. Yeah, it was – it definitely took a lot of courage and um, – well, not – well, it did take a lot of courage, but I meant to say that it, it like, took a lot of – it. It I had – I built up – it took a long time for me to get the courage, I should say. Okay. Um. And I I basically like had this kind of network of friends that were all into music already. And I kind of would like slowly but surely feel out like, are you unsatisfied with only playing Bach as well? Like, (laughs) are you sublime curious? Um, (laughs) The music version of being in a movie theater, try to yawn and put your arm around someone. Totally. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, like, also, luckily, like, I'll, you know, it's not just that I was, like, putting myself out there because I was not particularly bold until, like, later years. But um, my dad had, uh, he was teaching, like, um, this thing called Young Sounds, which was, like, a jazz orchestra for, like, teens. Mm-hmm. And so I knew a bunch of kids that were, like, slightly older than me. Mm. almost all dudes who were like already improvising and so I knew that they were interested in stuff that was like not just you know school sanctioned whatever eventually like I kind of just like weaseled my way in and I was like well if you ever need a singer people tell me I can do that so you know let me know (laughs) and yeah um eventually and then once I was kind of like in or whatever like like with like the background singing then I'd be like well you know if you want me to I could like maybe play the violin or something (laughs) I love it I love it did you do um like choral like choral chorus like choral chorus yeah I, Again, it's clear I didn't because I didn't know what to call it. I wanted to be like cor- choral, like choral. with the e well, at the end, and then to I be fair, there's say chorus and choir, and I just yeah. I, didn't, I didn't make a decision is what happened there. Well, to be fair, all of them are things that exist and like are all Thank slightly you. different. So yes, I did. I like did. I was in children's choral for many many years, 
and then I was in um, like a like a vocal jazz group um, mm-hmm. in high school, but that was like I was taking classes like at the university, so it was like the the college vocal group. So I was I was doing that, but I was like kind of resentful that like I was singing so much. To be completely honest, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be like a player, I wanted to mm-hmm. be like an instrumentalist that could do anything and wow people and like burn people's eyebrows off or whatever. Um, but then but because it's so, at least at that point in time, it was so gendered, like people yes. would be like, oh, well, are you a singer? You know, and like, mm-hmm. it's true, I was a singer, but then I'd be like, no, I'm not a singer. No. I'm a musician. Yeah, I get that. I feel like I still do that now with acting and just being embarrassed, mm-hmm. like, like carrying this idea that I don't want to fulfill someone's expectations of me being an actor because I don't know what mm. that means to them. So I get like defensive yeah. and I'm like, people are like, are you an actor? Like, oh, you live in LA. Are you an actor? Even mm-hmm. though the answer is like categorically yes. Yeah. I cannot mm-hmm. get to other things I do faster. I'm like, I yeah, mean, yeah. technically yes. But uh, let me assure you, I also produce blah, 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 blah. Like yeah, there's a right, sort right, of right. whatever, ba- like it doesn't even mean they're carrying actor baggage, but I clearly am. So I'm kind of trying to, you know, but in that case, yeah. yes, 100% gendered. I felt very similarly. I think like I I loved singing, but um, but yeah, I would. It was like I was being. I would be asked to, to sing in like a band that was staying late after school or something, and it right. was like it's just four boys. And there's part of it that you're you're so socially conditioned to like almost like like that and be flattered, like oh I'm the girl that yeah. they want to have it. And mm-hmm. then five minutes later, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're like, wait, this isn't that great. All I'm doing is singing some ooze over here. This is yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was that taking up enough time that you weren't necessarily doing other kind of extracurricular stuff, or were you? And were you a good student? Like, where were your? Uh, did you have other passions as you were a teenager? I've I I would say I was like a pretty solid student. Like I was the kind of student where I could like you know I got like mostly. I worked as hard as I could to get like good enough grades so that I could focus on playing as much music as possible. So like I got, you know, mostly A's, a couple B's, like maybe one C here and there. But it was never I was never like, I'm going to get the best grades so I can go to the best school so I can do the blah, blah, blah. It was all just like I can I want to work as hard as I can or I want to work smartly enough so that I can have enough time to do these other creative passions but I never really was super into anything other than music even though I like did sort of enjoy like drawing and sketching and making art like casually but that was yeah just sort of a side thing um did okay and and so but you but obviously you went to Berkeley and you do come from you do have a family who takes music seriously in the sense that they're mm. not going like, you know what, this is great. Actually, Carolyn, get out of your system now. Um, right. Enjoy it. Maybe do some a little bit of it in school. But obviously, when you go to college, you're probably you're not going to major in music. Maybe you do right. music on the side. Like, mm-hmm. are those conversations happening in high school where there's a sense of like, well, you do love music. You're passionate about it. Like many of the people around you in your family your grades like whether you're in that mind space or not are they in the mind space of like well even to even to study music mm. in college you're gonna want to have grades and like you know the sort of liberal arts uh be at a yeah. certain level like are those conversations happening definitely my parents very much like it was it was a little bit of a pressure cooker situation where there were like very high expectations and like if there was a b that showed up occasionally it would be like a fight to the death for <laughs> uh-huh 
you know, for that to not be like a huge thing. Yeah. But they, it was like the, the tension that most people have with their parents in high school is very much like, okay, like you're creative, like, but don't think of this, like have a backup plan. Right. And for us, like the backup plan that was always presented to me is like, well, you know, maybe if you, this is cool that you want to like be an improvising violinist or whatever, but like, maybe you should think about like, getting your degree in like music ed or right. like you should like consider being a teacher you know like that's always kind of been like the fallback because my parents are like incredible teachers and then and they and that's something they're very passionate about and they love teaching yeah and I do really enjoy teaching but not like on a daily basis um and so that was always kind of the struggle and also the fallback was always like well you're a really good classical violinist like so Worst case scenario, like, you can just, like, audition for an orchestra and, like, be an orchestral player. And, like, I'd rather die. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds terrible. What about that sounded so terrible? Well, it's, like, it's just not, like, it's kind of the same thing as marching band. Like, you're not really, and it's not, like, I do enjoy going to the symphony. I enjoy classical music but like I don't enjoy participating in it because it's like not an authentic expression of myself whatsoever I don't really have a Mm. connection to the music it doesn't really feel like anything like I care about like I don't really you know whatever I don't really care what Brahms life was like like you know yeah so and it's just it's not really it's just it's just not really like of the same value set I have um so but I don't know I'm curious like in in the world of acting like is there ever anything like that because like like are there types of acting that you'd be like oh I would I would this is definitely not in line with what I feel acting is supposed to feel like for me or yeah, not, maybe I think not that's even totally acting, fair but. no I think that's totally fair I mean the thing that that popped into my mind as you were saying that as you were talking about enjoying going to the symphony but not wanting to play was um, almost the inverse for me of thinking about how um, I have so many friends who love going to like Broadway musicals, uh-huh. um, and I can't, I do I like if I make it to one I have a good time and mm-hmm. you know I'm I feel present to it and um, I I I really I have massive respect for. Uh, for musical theater actors like massive mm-hmm. it's so hard it's such hard work and there's such a, a huge level of skill involved um, but I, I I feel like I have made the comment in the past that I would rather be in a musical than watch one and so uh. it was almost the inverse for me of like there's definitely styles of performing that I would much rather do and not watch or mm-hmm. but I think that's but that but there's absolutely I'm sure also like stuff that I would that doesn't really feel like right to me and at the end of the day mm-hmm. I didn't pursue that at all so how honest am I being like if I really wanted yeah. to have done it wouldn't I've tried I mean I didn't even try I was like yeah. nope that's not for me so I guess yeah. we've answered the question so I guess what I've just said is I neither want to do musicals or watch musicals <laughs> and now all of my friends who are in and love musicals hate me yeah, it's just a different gasping. it's a different type of well I'll say this that is a different type of music to me that like I grew up and maybe you can relate to this because mm-hmm. I would kind of put that in the sort of uh, orchestra and band department a little bit for myself, which was like I wanted mm-hmm. to be in a band. I wanted to be yeah. like Gwen Stefani is a bad example, but yeah. like I wanted to be, you know, or or to, to play bass in a band or whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the style of singing 
part of which is like necessary for the amount of stuff you're putting your voice through as a musical sure. theater actor was not for me at all. That's just not yeah. my jam. And mm-hmm. I struggle with that. Like on a yeah. taste level, I struggle with it. And so I think that we've, we've finally got there. It took me yeah. this entire conversation to get to the point where I'm like, nope, musical theater <laughs> acting, not for me. Um, not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. I Okay, so I've been going to a lot of community theater productions lately and i will say of all of the theater that i have seen i have most enjoyed a a high school rendition of legally blonde oh, that was like the i would most love fun. to see a school ver- i would love to see less professional version i love less professional versions of musicals let me say that totally yeah i'm with it's you so because- it's like charming and human and it's less trained it's less classically kind yeah. of like i'm not go- like i may not be able to tell the difference between two female voices who have yeah like if there's two sopranos like i genuinely sometimes i'm like i wouldn't know if that was blank or blank because to me they sound the same they just right. sound like articulated the exact same way totally. so you know take me to a place where like that hasn't been finally honed yet and i'm happy yeah, it's kind of fun because I think I think. For and why me, have you been going to these? And I love it. Oh well, so I have a brother who just graduated high school, and so right. and he went to the high school, same high school that I did. So, I I have been accompanying him like in the last like few weeks to some of these some of these endeavors. I love so, it. So that's been very fun. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I in thinking about like okay, well, why did I enjoy that so much? It's because it's very clear that like all of the kids like really wanted to be there. It was a summer theater program. So it's yeah. not like, oh, I have to do this for like a credit or whatever. And oh, I don't have to do this for work. It's like, I just like want to be in doing this theater show right now. And like, I want to like prove myself. And I'm like, still, you know, I'm still learning and I'm still hungry. And I think, I think that's the thing that is so alluring about being in a band is because you're like, working towards this big collective energy which i really appreciate and also like you're experimenting and you're like changing things and you're you know like it's this it's coming from the gut you know and you're kind of like at least for me the best expressions of being in a band have been like okay well like i'm just really gonna try i'm just really gonna go for it yeah absolutely Um, yeah no that makes sense i mean i think yeah that there i feel like I'm, I definitely see a parallel there, if not a, a direct link from from what we're both into. How do you feel about, like, are you a person who goes to Broadway musicals? Again, I'm going to catch hell for this. I feel like <laughs> the, the, the Venn diagram of people who like my podcast and enjoy going to musicals is yeah. huge. So to- I've, yeah. I probably just lost all my listeners. And again, friends, <laughs> I'm not saying they're not wonderful. On, on They are. And like, I went, mm-hmm. I remember going to see Waitress and being like, this is the best thing yeah. I've ever seen. I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I bought the soundtrack and I was like, I'm going to want to listen to this all the time. Totally. And then I just didn't find myself listening to it all the time. And yeah. But I loved it. And I loved Hadestown. Like, loved it. Oh, yeah. Someone asked me if I wanted to see it again recently. And I was like, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> like, I remember it perfectly. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. replay it in my head. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Do I need to see it again? I don't know. Maybe. You know, yeah. so it's, but, so, but I, but I also will go to New York and people will be like, so what musical are you seeing? And I'll be like, you know oh. what? Actually, we don't have time for, to go to yeah. a musical. Like, we're going to yeah, have dinner yeah. in Brooklyn. And, and people are like, what's wrong with you? Like, what <laughs> well, the fuck is wrong with you? Well, you I know. would counter, what's wrong with them? Respect people's choices. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like, I do enjoy musical theater, but more so, like, I'm, I'm not really, 
I was more into it when I was a kid, you know, there would be like, I was super into Rent, you know, a classic. Mm, sure. I had, you know, my, I don't know, I got super into Mana La Mancha for a little while, oh, which okay. is like very random, but um, like I had, I, I have my like few ones that I have connected with, but it's not really something I interface with on a daily basis. Although I did just listen to... I think maybe the one exception is I, I do get into some, you know, Barbra Streisand occasionally. Like, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, go deep, go, go deep there. Love it. But, um, but yeah, similarly, like, I just, I just, I don't really, I'm not in New York very often, so I don't really see that much, that much theater, really. Yeah. Um, Were you so, yeah. going, oh, sorry. Um no, I was going to ask you if you went to see live bands and stuff when you were in high school. Like, was that something that you were making time for as part of your musical passion? Oh, definitely. Like, I, yeah, I would see live music as often as I possibly could. And I still do. I still wish, I wish that I could actually see more than I, than I do right now. It feels like my life is like getting a little bit crazier. So it's a little harder to see live music all the time. But, um, yeah, if I could, I would like love to see live music like every day if possible. That would be yeah. wonderful. Okay. And also just to like one of my favorite live shows that I've been to recently and also one of my favorite songwriters ever, like top three for sure, is Anais Mitchell who wrote Hades Town. So like yeah. if if somebody said, hey, do you want to go to an Anais Mitchell show or do you want to go see Hades Town? I would go see Anais Mitchell like any day of the week. Yes, but, agreed. But also like Hades Town, wonderful, incredible. Yes. Okay, Perfect. a thousand percent. <laughs> so one of the things that I think comes up a lot, you know, either because of American Pie or uh, some other iteration of an expression of, of high school bands and stuff, like, I feel like band has, like, actual band has a reputation of being, like, both the most horny and, like, the least <laughs> horny um, yeah. group in the world. But what is dating like for you in the kind of music scene? Because... Uh, like the opposite of that would be like being in a being in like a cool like reggae band or something like yeah. <laughs> I think people who didn't do either might have the expectation that you know there would be hooking up happening and stuff like were you dating as part mm. of what your daily life was like oh yeah I was like definitely kind of a classic band kid in the sense that like yeah everybody was I would say booked and busy uh <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I like, uh, so Alex, who I uh, am married to now, um, he's the first person I've ever dated that has not been a musician. Um, and yeah, I would say, yeah, it was like, I actually like, so I have like a couple friends, but not very many who do not like who are not in the arts whatsoever. Like they work in like hospitals or whatever. And very often, they have totally different lives than I do, obviously. But I was speaking with one of them recently, and they were like, well, like, how do you meet so many people? Like, how do you date? Like, how do you approach dating when you're, like, whatever, new to a place? And I was like, I, like, literally the only thing I can suggest is just, like, get involved in art in some way. You're just going to meet so many people, most of whom you won't connect with, but, like, it's a numbers game. So, like, if you're horny, join community theater, or, like join your whatever, start a band because like you yeah. simply won't be able to get your hands off each other. <laughs> 
I do the same thing. I'm like, well, first of all, don't online date because I don't know anything about that. And it seems super scary. And it also seems like a full time job to me. Like everyone I've ever known who was serious about trying to meet someone speaking of numbers games. I was like, they never had time for anything because they were too busy, like filtering through all of the requests that they got and stuff. And yeah, I'm like, I don't know. How do you feel about improv? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, God, improv. Can you imagine a more viable group to find? (laughs) Like, maybe not somebody long term, but like, at least like, you're going to create a community in which like other sprouts will begin to blossom, you know? Absolutely. And you're in the middle of like being told it's okay to fail and that you're learning from uh, failed attempts at things and stuff. So there's a sort of kindness and easiness that I think. I always mm-hmm. felt like I was, you know, was being engendered in me. So it would have been maybe the best time to feel like both vulnerable and brave about, you know, mm-hmm. making making some sort of a move. Yeah, um, totally. Okay. Yeah. So, right. so you were dating it up. Everyone was booked and busy. I love it. I, yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of, in retrospect, like wish I had, like, not dated less because, like, I really appreciate all of the, you know, relationships that I have, but like. I have kind of been sort of like a serial monogamist in like certain parts of my life. And I do kind of wish when I was younger, I would have taken time to like just date instead of being like, I'm going to be in a super committed relationship with this one person and then like be too intense about it. And then it will fizzle out. (laughs) How long were you? Did you have so you had a long like high school marriage type thing? Where it was yeah. like, yeah, I can't believe we were there together too. Because two years in high school is like 10 it's years like, in, yeah. in adulthood. I kind of had like a one year streak for like eight years straight. Yeah, like I would like my freshman year, I dated somebody for like around a year, sophomore year, around a year. Like I kept dating people for like whatever, eight to 14 months or something like that. Yeah. And then I had in college, I had a serious boyfriend that I, we started dating like my senior year. And then we were together for three-ish years, something like that. And we were also in a, we were in a band together. And almost everybody that I've dated, I've been in a band with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I met Alex. Yeah. Do you feel like? And then I'm going to get into this mash game with you. But do you do you feel uh, looking back or even at the time, like, did you have that sort of thing that I think happens? Um, maybe more particularly with young people, but where you kind of would like have a relationship and then the next person you got involved with, there was something that was like very different than the person before, but then like the next person after that would be then again different from that person. Like, you know what I mean? Yes, totally. Yeah, like I think when you're young, you're just like looking for, it's kind of like a game of opposites for a long time until you like figure out what you actually want. Yeah. Um, Which obviously is still a continued thing for me but um yeah it would be the kind of thing where it's like okay you start somewhere and you're like here's what I like about this person and then you're like oh but I really hate this thing about them so I'm going to find somebody who like either doesn't have that or is like actively working against it you know and like yeah eventually you kind of hone in (laughs) but yeah it takes takes a while (laughs) yeah I I really think yeah I can I feel like a lot of friends of mine and me to a degree for but I didn't have a lot of long relationships as a younger person but I I really feel like it's almost it's like comedic I like to where it would be like but but they don't make me laugh and then like the next person would be like super funny but like wrong for me in all of these other ways or wrong for a friend in all the other ways and the next time would be like yeah that person was really funny but they're really square and then the next thing you know the person is dating like a punk musician (laughs) yes it's just so funny okay we're gonna take a break I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun You there! 
Have you considered listening to the Beef and Dairy Network, an award-winning comedy show in the form of a newsletter podcast for the beef and dairy industries? Well, maybe you should. And why don't you try our most recent episode, episode 99, which features American man Paul F. Tompkins playing Queen Elizabeth II's former personal beef sommelier. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and I laying on the floor of her bedroom, uh, just helplessly laughing till tears run down our faces as corgis are jumping on us, over us, licking us. That is a day that I will treasure forever until I am executed. Find the show at MaximumFun.org. I hope there's beef in heaven. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Jarrett Hill. And I'm Travel Anderson. And we want to know, have you ever had mixed feelings about the things that you love? Ooh, maybe about the things that you hate? Then Fantai is the show for you. Fantai is the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. You might have conflicting feelings about Kamala Harris or mm-hmm. propaganda or mm-hmm. interracial friending. Mm-hmm. That's all right, because we do too. And we get into it every single Thursday. Catch this Slayworthy audio at MaximumFun.org. That's MaximumFun.org slash Fantai. That's F-A-N-T-I. Come get all this good good. Or this great great. All right, I want to get into the Smash game uh, where, uh, all due respect to Alex, of course, we will have some romance. But um, oh. the first category I would like to start out with is, I mean, how am I not going to do this? How am I not going to do three bands or, or singer-songwriters or composers, Ooh. living, mm-hmm. dead, uh, broken up, still together, whatever you want okay. that you would like to play with? Okay, three musicians and or bands. Mm-hmm. And your skills okay. are sublime at their top. You don't have to worry like, well, I wouldn't, I, you know. I wouldn't feel like I could stand up to jamming with Bob. No, you can't. Oh, okay. All those people. All right. Okay. Dead or Alive. Let's see. Okay, well, I mean. What if I was like, okay, the band Dead or Alive. The band Dead or Alive. (laughs) That would be so funny. So I would definitely say Anais Mitchell, just since she's on the the noggin. I'm going to, I want to try to like pick from different genres just because it's like kind of, I don't want to like just be only in the singer, songwriter genre. Got it. I'm torn between saying either Paul McCartney or Paul Simon, though I maybe wouldn't want to like have a conversation with them. I would just want to play with them. <laughs> Understood. I don't actually, I don't actually want to know you. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe. Well, wait. Which th- one am I putting? Okay, let's say let's say Paul McCartney okay, okay. because I think I actually like might be heartbroken if, if I did actually talk to Paul Simon because like. He's definitely my one of my favorite songwriters, but like I truly don't want to know wh- how you are. Right. Um, yeah. So okay, and then a third. Paul McCartney's supposed to be great. <laughs> yeah. That's helpful. Everything yes. I've ever heard is like he is so still like super weirdly down to earth and like yeah. So that's I think that that's like a good criteria. Yeah. And then I think my th- oh, God, I'm gonna like is it cheating if I just like look really quickly through my not, iTunes? Not at all. Not at all. You know what? I'm gonna say Ray Charles also. Oh sure. I think that that would be really fun. Okay. Next one, let's do let's do three places in the world that you can live. You have another home, and we can sort okay. of just uh, teleport you there. Okay. I'm gonna say number one, Taos, New Mexico. Mm, yes. Two, anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere hmm. in the world. I haven't visited that many places in the world, but... Uh, it can be the idea of what you think of places I- that you haven't seen yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've I've been to almost all the states, but, like, not many other countries. So I'm going to say, like, somewhere in, like, Greece. Sure, absolutely. Like a Greek isle. Great. 
And then maybe my third option is like, mm, like Bali, maybe. Okay, cool. All right. I got to rip off the Band-Aid. Alex, don't listen to this part. Turn it down. You support the <laughs> podcast. The best thing about Alex is that I bet has already happened. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing about Alex is that I bet he'll be excited to hear it. (laughs) Okay, good, 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 good. All right. So uh, give me some romance. Real fictional character, living, dead, any age, any era, uh, cartoon, Mm. doesn't matter. From a book, doesn't matter. Well, I have like kind of a huge crush on the guitar player from Muna right now, whose name is Josette. So we'll put that down. And then let's see. Real or... Okay. This is like for my childhood self, but not my adult self. I had a huge crush on Jeremy Sumter, who played Peter Pan in the live action Peter Pan, which came out when I was like in fourth grade. So it's like prime, prime crush time. And then let's see. (laughs) Hmm. You know what? Just because, like, just because it's you, I'm gonna say the character Rufio. <laughs> I don't know why I can't. When think you of said anything. Peter Pan, I definitely was like, of yeah. course, immediately. I was like, oh, I'm seeing Dante this next weekend. Yeah, <laughs> um, amazing. Okay, great, Rufio, got it, got it, got it. Okay, uh, all right. Next uh, category, let's do let's do three alternate uh, careers. Love to okay. see. Yeah, you. This is a thing you've been able to now develop. You had more time for, and mm-hmm. you're able to use it as a, more of a vocation if you want. Okay. I so I I have said this I will go on record if I ever like lose my hearing or if I like suddenly like cannot be a musician I really like the idea of being a United States postal worker great um because I think that it like fits my personality and I like walking around and I like surprising people with gifts um great how so, do you feel about so, dogs good I feel good yeah, about dogs great. I like great. dogs and great. I also like houses like i love i like being sneaking around i love everything i'm hearing houses. i don't disagree like i'm not dis- i don't disagree that i might also not uh, yeah. have a kind of a pleasant existence if i was doing that yeah it sounds nice yeah. and you get to be in a union um sounds nice yeah. and then let's and see so, frankly um, i like the uniforms let's be honest i know i bet i could look i bet we would both look pretty freaking hot in a yeah. <laughs> um okay so then second i would say writer i really enjoy writing and i wish i could do it more and then third let's see like let's have like a wacky one maybe like maybe like a like in the 1800s like in saloon times like i would be like one of those ladies that like a i guess technically like a like a sex worker <laughs> but like, <laughs> but you know like one of those ladies who like hangs around saloons and people yeah. buy her I shots of the whiskey brothel is upstairs i guess yeah the brothel is upstairs yeah i'm gonna say that Saloon lady. Well, Saloon this is making lady. me want to, for sure, do the category of like you can go visit any time in, oh, in yeah. history, and like you're in a safety bubble. Um, yeah, nothing bad is going to happen to you. It's like, you know, if you want to make it the idealized version of the mm-hmm. incredibly cruel past, that's totally yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> do you want to actually do that? Yeah, I want. Okay. I want you to give me three places in time. It can be really specific, or it can just be like general like paris in the 20s you know whatever you yeah know. okay <laughs> you know you know it's, i feel like sometimes people do that and they're like wow i would love to be in berlin in 1939 and you're like are you crazy <laughs> like oh all right weirdo <laughs> so i would say i would love to be in texas in the 70s specifically around the um you know the austin area 
Mostly because I heard so many stories growing up about like my dad's time there. Sure. I think that would be really, really fun. I'd also love to be in California in the 60s, probably the later 60s, you know, Didion era. Yeah. And I just maybe... listened to a really good, um, I mean, it's a book, you can read it, but I listened mm-hmm. to an audio book. Um, my God, why can't I think of what it is? But I should send it. I should send it to you if you prefer to read books. Mm-hmm. That's also fine. I just am like, yeah, I like get. I'm like, I have to be doing something. Totally, Some, I feel. Somehow. I feel you. Unless I'm on I like plane, doing. But. I like both. I, uh, oh, I, I, season, I think it was season of the witch. Anyway, it's a. Mm-hmm. It's about. Um, it's about San Francisco in the late '60s, and it really like covers a ton of ground, not just like peace, love, and all that, but mm-hmm. um, the politics at the time and the sort of like mm-hmm. you know. The Vietnam. It's it's a it's a it was a great book. I mean, it was it was really fascinating. And I yeah, I'd love to read that. Yeah, it, I bet you'd like it. Okay, uh, great. California in the late sixties. And what's the and, third one? And my third one would be like I would love to see like like something in antiquity. Like I I would love to experience like ancient Rome or something. Or Absolutely. actually, you know what? I'm gonna say ancient Egypt because oh, yes. I was definitely like very into into all of that on like a surface level when I was a kid. Same, 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 same. Um, love it. Okay. All right. Next category. Let's do uh, three place. Well, let's, uh, I would love to hear what three films you would jump into and just be in Ooh. whenever you want. Hmm. I really love all of Taika Waititi's films. So maybe I'm going to say Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, I love that movie. Yes. I feel like that would be really fun. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have some yearning going on. That'd mm-hmm. be nice. And then, like, let's see. What's, like, a fun one? Like, hmm. I don't know. I just, like, have so much Peter Pan on the brain right now, which, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say Hook, just because Great. it's, like, on, on the noggin. Great. Okay. Second to last category. Let's do three foods you can have whenever you want. Zero ramifications to yourself mm-hmm. or to our ecosystem. And yeah, it's not the only thing you're eating. It's just like you can suddenly have it. So it can be something that you had that was, you know, in an isolated place at one time that you're like, why can't I ever find that thing again? Mm-hmm. Or it can mm-hmm. just be like pizza. No wrong okay. answer. Okay. I'm definitely a noodle girly. I love noodles um, and pasta of all kinds. So the first one I'm going to say is like a veggie pesto pasta. Yum. Lots of cheese. My second option is going to be like a perfectly ripe July peach that you eat over a sink. Mm I love it. And then my third is going to be some type of like sesame noodle, you know. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Ugh, I love these choices. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I really felt that peach on a visceral level when you said that you had to stand oh, yeah. up in the sink. That's great. Um, okay. And then final category for you. Let's do kind of in the vein of of the podcasts that you produce, but like, is there a kind of a sort of a, a social mystery or just an interesting mystery or like an untold story or something like something that you suddenly have key knowledge to and it doesn't it Mm. could just be a thing that you personally don't know that much about yet but that Mm. you would love to kind of be able to suddenly know and understand or it could be like what was going on with jfk and maryland (laughs) oh i see what you know something that feels like it scratches like a knowledge itch or like an experiential like oh god i i know so much of it like for me it might be like you know just like they just the fact like just to have like a really 
strong cross knowledge of like miniature making miniatures <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh Do you know totally. what i mean like something like that something that you can mm-hmm. like you know kind of walk out about that feels like it's mm-hmm. sort of in the realm of you know you're wrong about and you are good like okay so this is maybe not like a super sexy fun answer however i have been so curious about the gifted and talented programs that exist in um public schools for so long yeah like this is perfect why- why do they exist and like why well i mean i i know why they like say that they exist but like what is i don't think we've like really fully thought through like the ramifications of like yes. separating a group of kids from like the other their other you know peers yeah so i'm i'm really That's interested a in great 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 use of this could not think it was sexier or better <laughs> yeah <laughs> the educational system, the public no, for education reals. system. Like, I, I couldn't agree more. And by the way, that comes up on this podcast a lot because mm-hmm. people do talk about their experience of either not being in that placement and yeah. feeling very othered or being in mm-hmm. it and feeling kind of weird about it. Like, for yeah. sure. Couldn't agree more. Okay, great. What's number two and three? I would really love to learn a, more about like Billie Holiday's life um because I I did like a lot I was such a huge Billie Holiday fan as a kid and then I like learned a ton about her and then I've kind of forgotten all of that knowledge yep I get it and so I'd really like to kind of and also recently I was on TikTok and um because I like you know am so on Zillow like I get all of these like house tour things on on TikTok and um, her Spanish style house in LA was for sale recently, I suppose. Oh, cool. And so there was like a, it was super cool. And then I also was like, oh, this is weird. Like it's like just for sale. Like some random person is just going to live in this house. Um, I don't know. It, it gave me kind of a, a weird feeling where I was like, something about this is off. And like, I don't know. It's weird to see just like rando people like kind of, I don't know. It felt like an invasion of privacy somehow. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. I mean, I think I definitely think I mean, I'm not a person who's like, you know, assuming that there's ghost activity happening that we need recordings of. But, yeah, yeah. But the energy of a place that totally makes sense to me. There was a there was a period of time in which I was in for like six months. I was in um, a house that Ava Gardner lived in and <gasps> um, and and just feeling like. I was sharing that space. Not that I have like, oh my God, Ava Garner is my favorite person in the world, but just the era mm-hmm. and kind of finding out more about her life and understanding like who was coming over to parties and stuff. It did feel mm-hmm. like, it felt like less a responsibility. Yeah, well, in the case of Billie Holiday, I would say it was, felt the responsibility of the energy of her. But it was, mm-hmm. but it felt like just, yeah, it felt history. It felt storied. Like, and again, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be about it being famous people. But it really sometimes it takes it being about a famous person to think about right. the energy of a place and like what happens there and who lives there and whose heart is beating inside those walls and like mm-hmm. the the fact that you know some feel people feel like yeah, well that's it's it's transitional. It's 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 ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Whatever whoever's in there is is all that matters now, and then it's going to be somebody else, and it doesn't matter what they have in common yeah. with or how much mm-hmm. they respect or even know, you know, who the previous occupants were. But I think I fall yeah. more into your camp of like, no, but like, it feels like it's of a piece. Like you want to sort of have right. it have a, a story or a, you know, shared respect or harmony in some kind through the, the ages. I don't know. Totally. I, I very much resonate with that. And it also feels like, at least for me, like when you're in a home, especially a historic home, like you're just a custodian of it. You're not, it's not like your yeah. home. This, I mean, it is your home. You're living there. But like, I think it's important to preserve that history in whichever way you can. And especially, you know, maybe I'm like feeling a little bit more 
sensitive to it now because like I'm trying to figure out like my current calculations of like I'm new to Los Angeles but like so what is appropriate in terms of like 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 what communities do I put myself in and like what is the gentrification factor and like I need to you know I want to make sure that I'm like part of these communities and I don't know like I'm still kind of like in my that makes sense no I think that makes sense and I think it's coming from the spirit in which we both intend which is to say like just to put a little coda on this I don't think either of us are saying like let's go into the deep south and make sure we preserve the energy of a house where like atrocities happened no 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 we're talking what I said the ages I'm talking like 30 years, 50 yeah, years, yeah, yeah. Like, totally, you know, totally. that feels like, listen, come in and bring whatever positive energy you want to a place. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I really, I really feel you on that. Okay. Yeah. So we have, uh, I think we're just missing our last, oh, um, yeah. our Topic. last knowledge dump of something cool and specific. Okay. I would really love to learn more about the relationship between like fractals and nature, oh, just generally speaking, it. but like fractals and nature and how that relates to how music theory works. Because oh, from what I'm I hearing understand, you talking around math a lot without saying the word math, and I really appreciate that because <laughs> there's an inherent application of math that is very intimidating to me about everything oh, you just mentioned. And I'm like, if I can just come at it. Yeah, from, from like a sideways from a place thing. that makes sense to me maybe we'll all drop into place you know totally yeah it's so interesting because like I was so not a stem kid whatsoever and I like hit a wall on math like my junior year and me just too. couldn't couldn't really go any further but like I I do really care about like l- understanding like larger principles of the universe Absolutely. and like larger principles of science but Absolutely. like I would really like to understand it in a way that is like narrative driven and not like i i don't know like i think that's the way that i could potentially access it like in a carlo ravelli type situation i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more i was just thinking that about astronomy just thinking that about astronomy okay Mm -hmm. all right uh give me a word that just a single word that helps describe um your feeling about uh playing music Mm. fulfilling Great. That's a very long word. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> while I come up with this 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash okay. life, uh, okay. I would love for you to just do a, a pinch more vamping, if you will, about okay. places people can find you, the, re-mention things that you're working on that you mm-hmm. are in some way a part of that you're proud of, anything like that. This is all about you and how wonderful you are. And that goes without saying. So where can people find you? Ah, oh, thank you so much. So the main places that you can find me are on Bandcamp and on Spotify. I've got music out there. My name is Carolyn Kendrick, again, for anybody who wants to know. And I have a website that has tour dates and information, etc. I've got a YouTube page. Um, and I also work for two wonderful podcasts, one being uh, You're Wrong About, hosted by Sarah Marshall, and the other being You Are Good, hosted by Alex Steed and Sarah Marshall. So that's that's kind of where you can find me. And I'm, I'm hoping to be making a new record in the next couple months, which I'm very excited about. And I also produce records for other people. So I'll be kind of busy doing that for the rest of the year. So, so yeah, really would just love to be in touch. Find me on the internet. Wonderful. The thing that I was wondering about was, are we going to see 
are, are we going to see any representation of Peter Pan in here at all? Because it <laughs> yeah. came up so many times. And the answer is no. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm actually it's kind nowhere. of fine with that because I like I don't know it was just kind of like a panic answer. I think the universe <laughs> knew that. I think the universe was like this felt like more of a shrug. It was like a respectful yeah. enjoy. Like I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be yeah, fine with these. I'll be I'll fine, be with, fine with a little Peter Pan in my life. However, you don't have to be just fine with it because it is nowhere to be seen, my friend. Nowhere to be seen. Okay. Um, uh, you get to live in. And I like the rendition of what this, what form this will take. Now, you did get a mansion. Mm-hmm. I know that's very opulent, but it is a Taos, okay. New Mexico mansion, which Ooh. basically just I mean, means like up high, maybe like a high ceiling adobe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly the, the kind of mansion. Of an adobe, but yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> just it's one of those kind of beautiful, mansion. yeah. Um, so that's going to be a great artsy place with lots of room for you to like have people over to mm-hmm. make their art and just feels like a safe space for mm-hmm. just that wonderful creative energy, like a Frida mm-hmm. Kahlo era. Yeah. Like, come in, share your ideas, let this part of your life express itself through art mm-hmm. and that part of this other person's life touch this person's art. And so I'm very, yeah. very excited about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're certainly going to draw some inspiration from the... Uh, the fact that you get to visit uh, the late 60s uh, in Ooh, California very and cool. just like just get into that. Um, there's a lot going on in that era, uh, a lot of passion, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of love, a lot of conflict. That's all going to mm-hmm. feed its way into your art. You are also a spectacular writer. Oh, so cool. That's not great. bad there. Um, I don't know if uh, you're going to be doing some Hades Town S collaborations mm, with your friend okay. Liz Mitchell, but okay. there is certainly a collaboration happening there, um, mm-hmm. a musical collaboration that I cannot wait to find out more about. Uh, mm-hmm. You are also able to, as if n- all of this wasn't enough, jump into Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So get ready, <laughs> yearn, yearn, yearn. Yes. More yeah. like uh, more feelings, more intellect. It's it's. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great stuff here. Um, mm-hmm. You can share all of this uh, if you would like with uh, Josette from amazing. Una. And boy, would I like to. <laughs> <laughs> This is turning out. There's like, a really good feminine amazingly. energy to this. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's kind of amazing. Um, and all of this, like you have, you're just you have such a rich life, and I think you're so open, and you're having you're you're being given all these kind of perspectives. Um, you're eating all these sesame noodles, um, <laughs> and you are really going to get to the bottom of. And I think this is. I mean, this is just going to benefit all of us. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to get to the bottom of the sort of gifted and talented programs that we uh, do in our educational yes. systems, um, disparate though they be and yeah. because they be <laughs> and why the fuck can't we figure out public education in this country? Right. Um, so it's, that's, that's that, you know, that's a symptom and its own fantastic study. Mm-hmm. So I just can't wait to see all of the stuff that kind of cracks open that we can address um, after yeah. you, after you share with us this, uh, this rich understanding that you have. Um mm. And that's it, my friend. I mean, that's wow. that's noodle tastic right there. That is the perfect life, truly. It's great. Like I could have, I could not ask for a better life, even if it was my own that I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kindest possible way you could have put that. It's also like I say this, like with beaming with pride, 
that was like the gayest life that has ever been has been presented it's and it sounds amazing gay. it's deliciously gay absolutely deliciously. love it i'm coming for yeah. a visit and i may just stay yeah. um <laughs> wonderful carolyn yay 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 uh, everyone please uh please check out this this wonderful person i mean your music yeah that's i was so blown away just um i you're so talented and i oh, love thank um, you I just love your perspective on stuff and and the fact that that comes through in music and it's great. So uh, and hopefully we we'll get a chance to hang out together now that we're both in town. Although yeah. I am leaving in three days, yeah. um, so but we'll figure it out because I know uh, Brandon uh, sends his regards to you and to Alex, and we'll have to get a oh, double well, date that's going. So nice. And yeah. we can tell them all about our gay lives. Yes, I'd love that. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is super super fun. And yes, also Alex gives his love to both of you. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you next week on the podcast. (laughs) Made that sound like a song. Okay. One. Now we're in corral. by me and edited by Julian Burrell and as always the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi Hey You're number one We could save kittens from trees Maximum Fun A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you